Hello, I'm Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. I'm Ian Simmons. And this is 90 Under 90. 90 movies. Under 90 minutes. Today on our show, live from our respective individual homes uh, for the very first time. Um, you guys wearing pants? What? You guys I am. Pants? You guys? I'm. I'm not. Yeah, I oh. got. No, I am. I'm kidding. I'm all pants. All right. Stand uh, up and prove I it. See you guys from the waist up. That's the gag. I don't know if the the, list, the listeners are not going to get that because this is audio only. We're not doing the video, but I can see you guys here. I can see here. it. Live. Let, let me let me finish this uh, this intro. Locking <laughs> in at uh, 87 minutes. Uh, we're talking about 1988's Child's Play, uh, directed by Tom Holland. Uh, uh, with uh, Child's uh, Play from 2019. Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah, no. Tom Holland uh, directed Child's Play. The kid uh, from uh, the the. What's the natural disaster one? Yeah, no, Billy Elliot directed a, a, a child's play. It was it's amazing. He was uh, he was negative eight years old. Uh huh. Um, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark, I don't, I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. Mr. Stark, I don't want to buy this toys anymore, Mr. Stark. Can you squeeze my sandwich real flat for me, Mr. Stark? We're obsessed with Tom Holland eating a flat sandwich from Mr. Stark. Tony asked Tony Stark to do it. No one else can do it for him. <laughs> Mr. Stark. It's like it's like uh, Mr. Trump. I mean, that's he only refers to him as like that. It's like he's very presidential. Yeah. Well, now he's not anything. He's dead. Spoilers. <laughs> Wait, Tom Holland or no? Uh, I hope not. Oh shit, we just cursed Tom Holland. Actor of well, Child's Play. Well, the the MCU uh, the MCU already killed him off, so it's fine. All right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Disney did. I don't know. Disney, one of them. Sony's game. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think there's a lot of there's a, there's a some dick measuring going on uh, and some uh, some power plays going and hopefully it'll it'll balance out in the end. Yeah, I think it'll all shake out. At least we'll have Venom too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys hear Gollum's directing that? I did. I did. In character, no less. I mean, it makes sense because he's a mocap guy, like, and you know, he's got experience. But I didn't want. Hey, that is that is unsubstantiated rumor. (laughs) I didn't watch his Jungle Book movie either on Netflix. You guys give that a whirl? No. No, I've had enough. I'd have enough Jungle Book for a while. Okay. Yeah. Well then. I was born in uh, 1988 when this film came out, and this is a Chicago movie. This is like right down the street from where I was. It was happening. Chucky was terrorizing. I had uh, no idea that this was a local movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah? I, yeah. I haven't seen this movie in literally like 20 years. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it, it was a weird, weird revisit. And uh, I, I, I kind of dug it. Spoilers. Um, it's but a, I, I don't know what it is about it that I kind of dug. And maybe we'll figure that out as we go along here. It's a dirty Chicago movie, man. Like... 
it gets to the like you would see a six-year-old read the cta at 47th street the projects it's it's a dirty chicago movie and then like I don't know. You hear about Michael Mann shooting in like the Dominican Republic for like Miami Vice and having to hire gangs as security. I wonder if Tom Holland, Spider-Man of the MCU, had to get the Avengers to do some kind of detail security wise on the set of this movie. No, probably not, because he was working with uh, Chris Sarandon, who had worked with Tom Holland a few years before on Fright Night. So I imagine there's probably some Jerry Dandridge fans out there who thought, you know, Tom Holland was walking around with a vampire, you know, late at night in Chicago filming. I would have been scared. (laughs) Chris Sarandon. Yeah. There's a guy who, like, you ask anybody maybe under the age of 25, who the fuck is even 30? Like, who the fuck is Chris Sarandon? He's the reason we have uh, Susan Sarandon, at least for the name. Oh, they're related. They, they were they were married forever ago and then they got divorced and she kept his name. Is that right? Oh, yeah. she didn't want to be a Robbins, right? Or did they ever get married? Tim Robbins said, "Fuck that, I'm not getting married." I don't know. I'm not sure. All I know is that uh, that Chris Sarandon in real life is uh, is, from my experience, pretty miserable. I met him at a convention once and I was super excited. Uh-huh. I, was a, I was a huge fan of Fright Night and Princess Bride and this movie. And he could not have been more disinterested in being there. Oh, no. <laughs> it was That's awesome. When that happens. Oh, you loved it. <laughs> and we threw things at him. It was great. He started crying. <laughs> <laughs> Called his wife, his new wife, not, not Susan Saran. He started complaining to her. <laughs> One time, uh, I it was really sad. I was at Wizard World and I saw Kevin DeSorbo, you know, Hercules. <laughs> but, uh, and he more was, like Jerkules. Yeah, I heard his politics are not so great, but he looked really sad and lonely. And I was like, ah, someone should go talk to him. Like, no one was talking to Kevin Sorbo. So, oh, maybe so Kevin Sorbo. Sorbo. <laughs> yeah, that's a Kevin Sorbo subject. Sorry, guys. Oh. <laughs> All right. Child. I have to get into child's play here. Um, directed by Spider Man. <laughs> Pause for a second. Actually, I'm 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 slightly concerned about the the quality audio of this recording. How you got, how how does it sound on your end? Because actually, Ian, you actually sound like you're kind of talking into a microphone. And Dan, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, it's a good thing. But Dan sounds just like it's the audio picking up from his computer. And I guess if if that's how it's sounding on your end too, I'm just concerned that this is not working the right way. How about now? No. Okay. Did I, you? I unmuted it. I, t- I hit. I messed with the mute button. Okay. It's back. It's it's solid. Okay. I just. I just. Hang on. I'm double checking. Yeah. No. It's. Wait a minute now. Oh. That sounds better to you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait, Dan, no, Dan you've kind of dropped out. Did I? No, I know what to do. Dan, go um, to uh, the Skype and then audio video settings. All right. And then uh, go to the audio video tab. Yeah. Okay, and then what microphone is selected? Shit, here we go, Yeti. Yeah, Ooh. now we changed now it. Uh, sorry, okay. guys. That's fine, though. I mean, it was only banter, so that's fine. Like, we can keep that. <laughs> I'll, get and, to, uh, I'll get to the point here in this new one. All right. 
Um, but no, that's we don't have to even like restart it. We can just pick up from here and just you know I'll explain it okay. when we come back in. Um, but now I just want to make sure that we have the right audio settings because you're sounding a little muffled again. Who me? Yeah, it might be a little close. I wonder. Hello, 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 hello. That's actually mm. better. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right there. That's this, is, this. Fuck this, dude. We need to fucking get. No. <laughs> let's. No. I don't like this. <laughs> but let's do this episode. Huh? I don't like this Skype thing. Is what I'm saying. Oh. I'd rather do it in a fucking room together. Is what I'm saying. But let's do this episode. Okay. Yeah, All right. I mean, you just want to like prop that up onto a book or something like that to bring it up closer so you don't have prop to prop it up my butt. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're back after realizing that we had audio issues, but now before we actually get into the movie, we uh we have fixed it. You sound buttery, silky smooth. Thank you. I've been uh I've been hoping for the best DJ voice that I can possibly provide. Good. Okay, so here we are for Child's Play. <laughs> um, all right, so yeah, like I said, it's a, it, uh, I was surprised that this was a local movie when we got into it. Um, but yeah, we quickly learned that. And man, is it an 80s local movie? Because I swear to God, fucking Charles Lee Ray with that hair and that coat, it's like Uncle Buck level 80s, man. Like Very much. He looks like he stole Uncle Buck's coat. Exactly. <laughs> I was he looks like he should be able to fall on his head from his closet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's gonna his uh, his hat is gonna be taken by a, a p- punky teenager. I got uh, a brand new Bronco red. <laughs> that guy with the busted lip. He's yeah. the best character ever. Yep. Uh, so child's play. Um, did you um? Did either of you guys see the remake at all? No, no not yet. Yeah. I, I ho- hope to squeeze it in before talking about it here, but honestly, uh, before changing an emergency diaper, I was finishing watching Child's Play before I jumped on on Skype with you guys. Uh, I watched it in two parts yesterday and then today. Uh, it's a short. It's a short one. I mean, you mentioned it's it's under an hour and a half long, um, and I really gotta miss, see. Yeah. I, I miss these. Well, I mean, it's, it's not even like 90 minutes. Like with the credits, it's like barely 120 or something, right? But right. I miss these breezy kind of get in, get out 80s horror movies. It was refreshing. And like you, Jeremy, I hadn't watched it in probably two decades all the way through. Yeah. Um, so it was it was almost like a like a discovery to me. And I was surprised at how good it was because so many of the sequels, and I haven't seen all the sequels, but I've seen enough to not be that impressed. And it got way, way more jokey. This is a legit horror movie a franchise starter i agree i agree i think uh mr holland uh is it's his opus no <laughs> that was an easy one i i heard fright night is i haven't seen the original um but this one he's actually like they're trying they have like a, a serious cast here they yeah. they're actually trying to give like serious perform brad Dourif has one floor over the cuckoo's nest under years under his belt you yeah. know He's a he's got pedigree. I think they were actually trying with this movie, and then two and three just become, I don't know. I had to read a little bit to to refresh my memory on two and three, and two and three do kind of take themselves 
seriously still. It's it's not until Bride of Chucky where they're literally like, fuck it, this has just been funny the entire time. Yeah. Because it is. I mean, there's a lot of this that is funny. And even when they're not trying to be funny at all, it's still funny, man. Like, when he does the turn and it, it's it's Brad Dorf's voice coming out of there and he's fucking like, the fucking bitch! Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like, I laughed out loud. I was, uh... I was surprised by how much uh, the suspense got me because he doesn't spoilers. He doesn't break. He doesn't reveal that he is Charles Lee Ray in the doll until like halfway through the movie, maybe yeah. a little bit more. And I, I forgot just how much time like they play the game of like, oh, is the doll actually possessed? Is he not? You know, that sort of question, that sort of doubt, you know, before he puts his cards on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he does uh, a lot. Of, he does talk in the movie but he's talking off screen kind of like whispering to andy and then andy is saying oh chucky said this yeah um, and it's, chucky it's said his name of... is charles lee ray and so you're wondering yeah where is this coming from and are we ever going to see chucky manifest or is he just going to be you know sort of whispering to this to this kid um i mean knowing what we know now of course he goes full crazy and his face gets all distorted and everything but yeah. i think back in like 88 there was this real sense of what is this doll going to look like? Because even in the trailer, I don't remember there being a lot of the Chucky, the revealed Chucky. You see a lot of the good guy doll, and then you see the kind of shadowy cuts of him stalking down the hallway very mechanically with that cool knife shot. Right. So, rick, rick, rick. Um, but yeah, yeah th- it did have a lot of class and, and suspense in the way that the sequels did not because they you know it's like the freddy krueger syndrome eventually it just becomes about the kills and the kind of the jokey main villain right but yeah this for this first one was legit and i think a really good performance from uh Catherine hicks um as mrs barkley uh she i can't get over it. she was in star trek 4 the the one with the whales uh and then she went <laughs> on to become the the mom on that tv show seventh heaven on the wb yeah. do you remember that yeah I knew uh, of it. Oh, man, I watched every so, season. That was great, even after Jessica Biel left. The dad was on Star Trek as well. So that's that, right, I, the motion picture. Yeah, it's weird oh. how that's all connected. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck you guys are talking about. <laughs> Be proud okay. of that fact. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, no, they slow play it with this one. It's like they... Like, like they, they go with jaws a, a little bit to you know they 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 don't quite go the full reveal until yeah like about the halfway point and but when they do that's when the movie takes a turn that i'm like i don't know if i can look at it again like and take the rest of this movie seriously because it's so you know it's muppety at times almost you know with the way that he's moving and then there's times where it's just clearly like a kid with a big head on and it's 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 weird it is, but I mean, like the uh, the scene. I know we're going to jump ahead here, but uh, when he reveals himself to, was it? Um, I can't remember if it was his partner in the beginning or if it was the voodoo man later on. But you see him kind of like fully articulated and and moving around, and his face it just looks so unnatural yeah. that it doesn't quite look like a special effect, or it looks like an effect that you wonder how the hell did they pull this off in 1988. Because his expressions, everything seemed so alive that it almost appeared beyond animatronics. Agreed. Yeah, it's yeah. He finally makes that turn. His face like smushes. You see the eyebrows crinkle down. It's uh, it is pretty impressive. And this is yeah. all. It's eighty eight, so 
what what computer work did they do? They did none. So I don't think. Yeah, yeah I don't think there's any enhancements. Like like Jeremy said, I think it's uh it's doubles and just really cool puppetry. Which yeah, again, I haven't seen the remake, but uh, I have seen some of the the follow up sequels and yeah, it's just not not as inventive necessarily as they had to be when they were trying to do this. It's it does the Jurassic Park thing of like they they choose their moments to show the like the the doll in it you know in its full body and you know in full movement you know like they don't show it too much and when they do a lot of times he's just rolling away <laughs> they like fall on the ground and then roll uh, but yeah like there's a couple times where he actually like has to hoist himself up and like you know like sit himself down and like they they choose their moments to use it and uh, it's effective when they when they do it because yeah I mean if you appreciate the fact that it's 1988 and it's it, this was as good as it could possibly look back then probably for the you know for given everything that uh, they had available to them uh, and, it's, I appreciate it and one of the cool things that um, Holland and and the team pull off in this movie is this is it's sort of a slasher supernatural movie, but they don't go too heavily into gore effects, but they do a lot of practical explosions and action scenes, which I appreciated when we open up with the, the toy store scene. Cause Charles E. Ray is being uh, pursued by uh, the cop uh, played by Chris Sarandon. Um, he hides out in a toy store after a shootout. Uh, he's injured and he's fatally injured and he is <laughs> falling all over these good guy dolls uh, which like yeah. like the Cabbage Patch Kid Teddy Ruxpins of their day, yeah. And he transfer his his soul into this doll, and then lightning strikes. Is like the great Ghostbusters matte painting animated lightning thing strikes yeah. the store, blows up the interior of the store, sending Chris Sarandon flying, and then blows out the windows of the outside of the store. And I swear I haven't read up on this, but it looks like they actually demoed a building, you know, in this in this scene. It's very possible. I mean, it, it it really does look like it. Yeah, either that or it's just the best miniature that you've ever seen. <laughs> possible be. too, but a lot of these, yeah, they they do a. There's a scene later with an exploding kind of tenement building that looked legit. So uh, I don't know <laughs> what yeah. they were doing. It was it was more so than the horror in this movie. I was just impressed by uh, the the ballsiness of like. We're going to take this small-scale story and just blow a bunch of shit up. Yeah. yeah. It's always good when you blow shit up. Yeah. Or, or destroy cars. You do you go, you go John Landis it, and you just destroy 100 cars, and you got a great movie. Or helicopters. Why, why are you going to bring up John Landis again? You're, you're always bringing up John Landis, you <laughs> cocksucker. <laughs> you just, this is an invitation to bring up Max Landis. You're always going to bring up Max Landis on the show. Why do you always want to bring up Max Landis, the, the fucking creep? Because it's okay. Halloween, son, and I just wanted to bring a scary person into this conversation. <laughs> Fucking oh my sucker. God, we got two special guests tonight. This is awesome. Yeah, hey, I shelled out. you live from, from jail. This is Max Landon. <laughs> 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 oh. All right. So the movie, I mean. It's jail, though. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix acquired two. Oh. Ian's trying not to spit take right now, so. Yeah. I I think I just did something to my sinuses, so I would, that was too much coffee to hold in. Yeah, you gotta stop sipping, man. Not oh. the show. Is Sorry. he done? Is he done, guys? Is he canceled, as the kids would say, Max Landis? I think he is. What was his latest offense? I feel like I missed something. Oh yeah, no, he's a a, a supposedly a date rapist, like a serial date rapist. 
Oh, that, I I heard that story a while ago. I didn't know if there was like fresh news. Ian's like, so what's the bad shit that he's done? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, Dan. He's the scariest person. He slipped her a few. Oh. Cosbeater, big deal. I get it. Um. <laughs> anyway, she said she was sleep deprived. Sorry. Who was that, guys? Who was that? Tom Holland. I heard he's going to die bankrupt when I'm like, cool. Tom Holland? (laughs) No, Bill Cosby. Oh. (laughs) I was like, how bad did that Disney deal go over? (laughs) I guess that Cosby isn't the cash cow that it once was because if uh, no one wants to... uh, syndicated anymore well, anyway anyway um well, yeah, talking about... pretty much described the whole opening of the of the movie because it really <laughs> throws you right into it there's like this uh, this chasing like shootout going on and mm-hmm. uh this guy in an 80s coat and an 80s haircut is running away from 80s cops in like 40s 1940s cop cars or like there's a taxi cab <laughs> in this movie from like 1945 it's so bizarre it's a yes. timeless film for a timeless era you know child's play but anyway yeah there's a chase going on it's intense credits hit it's a tom holland film spider-man himself directed it there's a foot chase between one handsome devil by the name of one bordello of bloods chris sarandon and <laughs> one uh, Billy Bibbit Brad Dorif, and they're fucking running. And he's saying, "You get, you'll never fucking catch me." He goes, "Get back here, Lakeside Strangler," because he is the Punisher, Lakeside Strangler. <laughs> oh, it's, I think it's the, isn't it the Gold Coast Strangler? No, it's, no, it's the, the Lake. Oh, Lakeshore, Lakeshore Strangler. Oh, wait, you're right, you're right. Is it the Lakeshore? It's the Lakeshore Strangler. Sorry, it's the, guys. The notorious Lakeshore Strangler, according to the news. The thing is. Chucky only chokes one person in this movie. How much of a fucking strangler is he? You know what? No that's question. He chokes <laughs> two people, at least, because he he gets uh, Chris Randon in the cop car. One. Sorry, I'm pointing. And he doesn't uh, even succeed. He doesn't, but he's in a moving car. I don't know how. <laughs> he it's not is like he's a, a failure as a strangler. <laughs> and then he strangles the partner cop at the end through the door, all shining style. That, wait, does that end on just the choking a la like Nightmare on Elm Street with the mom through the door? Is it no. just kind no. of like, and then like cut like mid, I can't remember because, you know, whatever with this movie. No, the movie <laughs> the movie ends in a really dumb way, in my opinion, where it's like they don't even tease a sequel. It's just kind of like, well, that happened. And like And then and like credits. Well, well it's. It's Let's the go end home. Of... Wait, we are home. The end. <laughs> it's the end of Friday the 13th, the final chapter, because they're leaving the bedroom after all is over. And then the kid, who is like really disturbed about the whole thing, he turns back and looks at the camera. It's like the slow motion. And, like, and then it cuts uh... to black. Yeah. Jason. Jason goes to hell. Uh, Jason goes to space. Jason mm-hmm. sucks some cock. Jason. I don't remember him doing that one. No? No, did uh, he do that in the reboot? I did not watch the reboot, so I don't know. Did he do that in the reboot? He lifts his mask up just a little <laughs> bit. And he sucks some cock. 
Uh, no, he does it through the holes in his mask. That's what makes it even more impressive. <laughs> it's it's little the worst tiny. glory hole ever. <laughs> little. Um, a gory hole. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jared, that was a talk show laugh if I ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ian, your new movie is coming out this Friday. Gory hole. It's Friday the 13th, by the way, at least when we're recording this. That's true. That's true. No wonder I didn't this mean the recording is going off the rails. <laughs> so what happened to the Lakeshore Strangler as he's being chased by Chris Sarandon? He has a buddy named Eddie Caputo, I think. That's uh, the yep. building that blows up later. Spoilers. And he's in a van and he's like waiting. And then they were both robbers or no, he escaped from jail, right? Yeah. What's this? We, no, later on we learned that he uh, he was being transported to a different jail or something like that, and so and always escaped. The transport, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Remember the Batman script that we were working on where the villains escaped yeah, yeah. in mid transport? That's <laughs> that's a kind great of what way he did. to. It's always a great way to break out somebody. You know, they're being transported from one facility to another. Oh, they then the bad guys come in. You know. I think it's I think you're. Classic. I think you're jumping ahead a bit because the breakout happened after the explosion and everything because Eddie and uh, Charles – wow. Mm-hmm. Um, wait. CLR. Wasn't that the, wasn't that the duo on uh, Charles in Charge? No, that was Buddy. All right. Um, I don't know. Oh, man. You got to catch <laughs> Are you up drinking your a Charles beer? in Charge. <laughs> yeah, of the like root variety. A uh, <laughs> you're just getting a load on here while yeah. we do child's play. Yeah, I'm drinking a, a Sprecher v, uh, beer. Um, oh, that's the best. I uh, got a Barks. It's made of 100% cane sugar. Mm-hmm. Cheers. I'm All drinking. Right. I'm drinking coffee because it's late and I'm an idiot. Um, hey, here you go, Ian. Hey, I'm gonna pour some on the table for you, bro. Some no, barks. I would destroy my got laptop if I did that. Um, well, but no. So Eddie bails on. Charles or Chucky, because yeah. he's uh, the cops are descending on them, so he leaves his friend to die essentially. But the breakout happens after this whole kerfuffle with the toy store, because yeah. that's how Chucky finds out where Eddie is—that he escaped from the police transport—and mm. that's how he knew. Oh, he's probably gone to his hideout, which is this tenement somewhere in the south side or whatever. I'll give you guys a, a kind of a bird's eye view of this story. Uh, Charles Lee Ray, played played by Brad Dorf, the Lakeshore Strangler, is being chased by Chris Sarandon. Gets into the doll, and he has a score to settle. It's with Chris Sarandon, the very detective who is about to kill him here in the studio, uh, toy store, shooting him. Studio. The studio. <laughs> well, it is, I guess it is. Technically, you're accurate. But um, but also the guy who bails on him in the van, uh, Eddie, because he's screaming, Eddie, don't leave me, God, no. And he's like, Brad Dorf's like one of the best screamers I've ever heard like, in oh cinema. Oh, my God, I agree. Right? It's gut-wrenching every time he screams. And, and you know uh, what? If we can take a brief moment here, do you think that his voice matches the look of Chucky? Because that was something that even as a kid, I was always like, to yeah. me, his voice needed to be more like, <laughs> like, like more like a weaselly kind of like villain. And he was just so like fucking intense and, and deep with it. It kind of it kind of has that Mandela effect where people want to project a, a higher pitch voice onto him because he is smaller in stature. But he does have a Jack Nicholson thing going on. That yeah. people tend to forget. Like, uh, he shows up in Ready Player One, and I don't think he says anything. He just kind of goes, ah, and the guys go, it's fucking Chucky. They waste their fuck on him. He goes, it's fucking Chucky. And then <laughs> Chucky comes in the movie. And oh, uh, But you hear, like, kind of like a, ah, <laughs> like, so, I don't know. Yeah. 
I agree. I always thought it was kind of bothersome they didn't go a different direction, but I think it does work on a certain level because it is incongruous to what you expect, right? It's the doll, so you think it's going to be a cutesy voice, but then it's a demonic doll, so you have a certain expectation based on what he ends up looking like, but mm-hmm. they take it a step further, and it's not even what you're expecting, so it's just all kinds of uncomfortable and wrong. Yeah. What if um, Chucky had, like, a really thick Chicago accent? Hey, Andy, listen, <laughs> I used to be the Lakeshore Strangler, but now I need your body. If, you know, at least like someone in this movie would have had, because I don't know what the hell Chris Sarandon's doing, like his <laughs> offbeat New Yorker audition or something, but Jesus Christ. Hey, Andy, you want to play? Come on, That's Andy. pretty close to what he's doing. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> Uh, did you get, did you at least see the trailer of what uh, a preview of what Mark Hamill's doing with uh, Chucky's voice in the new one? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little higher. His own voice. He's like <laughs> It's like really high pitch. Like, see um, how much fun we can have. <laughs> it's kind of creepy. Yeah, I sound like uh, yeah. like Pennywise. Yeah. Oh maybe. shit. And um, in this oh, new one, froze. he's like, what's that? Oh. Oh no, you guys are fine. I, you froze oh. over here for a second. No, okay. I just stay very, very still. <laughs> You're buffering. Yeah. Dear, I didn't want to say anything, but on your screen right behind you is a moving ghost spirit. Wow. Every time you look away, <laughs> you, you, it just kind of pops up. It's crazy. Wow. Um, the specter in my little screen. So we're at the beginning of this movie still. <laughs> Half hour. And CLR, Charles Lee Ray... He ends up tripping over a huge good guy display, and Ian's right. Like it's like the Teddy Ruxpin of his era, but like he's got a, a fucking cartoon, he's got a fucking cereal, a fucking clothing line. Like he's huge. It's like what like, they tried to do with My Pet Monster, but kind of failed at. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like an oh, they're going for like a, a whole multimedia experience with the good guy doll, and yeah. um, and and that's something yeah. I'd forgotten about, you know, and I I'm wrote it down as a note how impressive it was that they tried to build this whole world i mean they even have like a live action chucky or good guy show yeah with you know a guy in a giant chucky head or, or i guess a good guy head uh, like they built a set for all that yeah <laughs> tom holland who may or may not be dating zendaya he went <laughs> to the trouble of getting a 2d animated good guy video like ad and it looks pretty fucking good. And, it, yeah. and Andy watches it, and and we can trans, we can go right into the next scene, I guess. Yeah. Charles Lee Wright puts his his soul into one of the good guy dolls by doing a, a chant to the god uh, Demberla. Is that the name? Demberla or something. Demberla. Like he says it a lot in these movies. Give me the power, I beg of you. Um, and you we get to see. <laughs> He's very like he's like a mystical Lakeshore string. We're going to find out when we get to his apartment, but we're going to we'll move on. We'll go. And it's right after he possesses the doll. <laughs> we don't know what happens, but thunder strikes the toy store. Big explosion. Chris Sarandon goes, Wah! he goes flying back. It's the next day. And there's a big happy birthday banner in an apartment. You're wondering whose birthday is it? And a little boy is making breakfast. You wouldn't think it's his birthday. But it is. He's making breakfast for his mom on his birthday. He's yeah. a pretty nice kid, but he's got an ulterior motive, doesn't he? Oh, he's yeah. Watching that 2D ad that I mentioned that looks really good. And he's like, I've seen this one before. He's dressed like a good guy doll. And right he's down to the haircut. The messiest. Yeah. <laughs> 
all if they should have got Junior from Problem Child to play Andy in this. He would have been like the perfect surrogate for uh, and maybe he was the stunt man for Chucky and we just don't know. <laughs> it's entirely but possible. Michael Oliver, that's how he got his SAG card. <laughs> so Andy's making like the messiest breakfast you'll ever see, like burnt toast with huge wad of butter on oh, it. And it is a half a container of butter. At least I it's mean, like an ice cream scoop of butter. I think yeah. the term breakfast is to be used loosely because this is not edible, anything that he makes there. And even the cereal itself is like there's multiple sizes of chunks in there. There's like something that looks like the fucking figures from Candyland. Like it looks like they have that in the cereal. It's Is that it's the insane. good guy cereal you're speaking of, Jer? Yes, the of course. The good guy cereal. Absolutely. He's like, yeah. Good guys come in all shapes, sizes, and flavors. Yeah, um, and then he pours like a whole bunch of sugar on top of the cereal, right? Isn't that? I, I yeah. think I saw that right before he takes the toast out. Ugh. Adds sugar onto it. And I just uh, I went to the dentist today and my teeth are hurting again just because we're talking about this <laughs> breakfast scene. Like that sugar, yeah, you just see it dissolve into that milk and you're like, God damn it, that hurts. Nothing <laughs> nothing makes me more anxious when I watch in a movie someone fucking spilling cereal like Big Daddy. The <laughs> yeah. kid fucking gets the cereal everywhere and he puts the Keep newspaper it. on it. Let me get my notes here. Uh so anyway. Uh, so, uh, puts the sugar on the cereal. Per ad on the TV, the good guy can say three different sentences, and he can even turn his head and blink its eyes, which is pretty fucking cool for '88, right, guys? Yeah. Even for, yeah, for toy technology, I didn't even could they even do that? Like, I understand the blinking the eyes. They have the dolls where it was like weighted so they looked like they'd open and close. But that mm-hmm. level of animatronics was that even a thing without having to press a button or something at the time? Turning I don't. I don't. Well, you wouldn't know. You were you were born this year, but I'm just. <laughs> Let's <laughs> flash back when I I was a sperm swimming around. Uh, well, I guess I Teddy Ruxpin had some gears and stuff because he would he would like his arms would move up and down, but um, it, it seemed almost like it was voice commanded or something, or I guess Listen in his case us. sentient. We're 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 sitting here, fucking thirty years later talking about how impressed we are with the animatronics in Child's Play. That's yeah. a little bizarre. Hey, uh, Tom Holland, Jer. Spi- we didn't know Spider-Man directed uh, a couple horror movies until now, though. But here we are, <laughs> Skyping about it. <laughs> so, We're Andy wakes chatting. up. We're chatting. We're video chatting. It's good video to see you guys. Uh, Andy wakes up his mom with that messy breakfast. He jumps on her, and he doesn't say it, but, like, it's pretty clear he wants a good guy doll, and he doesn't have one yet. So he makes her a nice breakfast on his birthday. She says, hey, birthday boy, it's 6 a.m. He's like, how long you been up for? You know, a long time, you know. They have a good relationship, very loving mom. It's single mom. And here's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> and she this goes around. shadow. I couldn't tell what that was at first. <laughs> yeah, it's my kitty. Um, she blows a raspberry on his stomach, and then... The man turns off the news about uh, Brad Dorif. Brad Dorif, uh, the Lakeshore Strangler, shows up. And, uh, uh, and yeah, named Brad Dorif, by the way. That, that's what they say. Uh, uh, actor Brad Dorif, also known as the Lakeshore Strangler. <laughs> Let me believe this. You know, I would believe it was Randy Quaid was the Lakeshore Strangler. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Quaid was caught at a toy store today trying it's to almost possess too believable. his body. 
into a doll. <laughs> fucked it first. Um, so she turns off the TV and Andy's opening his presents and guess what? You think he's gonna maybe get a good guy doll, but instead it's like salt in the wound because she gets like the tool kit, the good guy official tool kit. Because she can't get the doll, it's very sad. She can't afford it. She had to. She didn't have time to save up for it. Is what happened. And she didn't have. My question is, it turns out to be thirty dollars in the alley when she buys it. Yeah, but it's, it's like she gets it down to thirty retail. How much was it retail? It was supposed to be like $100 retail or something like that, because they okay. mentioned that like in the next scene. But yeah, she ends up getting it for a steal at $30 in the alley. Yeah. And she Which like, is... Even, yeah. Well, it's crazy to me, because $100 in 1988 money is like $200 or something. Like, who the hell is buying these toys? Yeah. <laughs> That's like, you. I mean, you could buy either the, the good guy doll, or you could buy a Nintendo. Those are your two options if you want to uh, fork over that much money. It's true. Eighty-eight was that was the year, right? For what? Was it? When when did Super hit? When did Regular hit? Let's, regular let's was eighty-five. Super, <laughs> Super was like nineteen ninety. Regular okay. Nintendo was like eighty-five. All right, so this is right between the two. Uh, I watched a Nintendo documentary today about um, one of the creators. The, and the yet gentleman. you learned nothing. No. <laughs> What's his name? Akiro. Akiro. Yeah. He he passed away of can I cried at the end of this little documentary today. It was very touching. So anyway, um, we can edit that out. Fucking, okay, it's touching. The she didn't have time to save up, but I like how tight this movie is because um, the next scene she's at work with her friend slash coworker. It's a nice way to kind of co-op the two in a movie. Make it a make it a coworker and a friend, you know, and an aunt and a nanny. Make it all the same. <laughs> And they're at work, and she says, there's a peddler. A pe-. They keep saying peddler. There's a yeah. peddler outside right now, and he's selling a good guy doll. you got to go right now, though. And she's like, fuck work. I'm going to go out to the alley. I'm going to meet this hobo. I'm going to buy this doll. And they talk him down to 30, and the, even the friend is then like, that's too much. Like, what are you fucking expecting here? You got it for a steal. Yeah. <laughs> that's the bargain yeah. of a century. And now, he goes, what does the hobo say? He says, steal this. He honks his, like, crotch as he's walking away. Yeah. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That, that guy, was, I had seen that? him in, I, I do. I, well, I, I had seen him in something else, and it's bugging the crap out of me. I don't know where I'd seen this actor from, but I think mm. he was playing a scumbag in that movie, too. But, uh, no, it's weird, because I don't know if this is a continuity error or just something that wasn't explained, because... When Charles Lee Ray is putting his body into the doll or his soul into the doll, <laughs> his body into the doll. No, nah, I don't want to see that either. But he's bleeding all over these toys and there's blood yeah. on the Chucky doll that he, you know, the good guy that he is transferring to. Yeah. This thing that comes in the box, the box is all beaten up and everything. But mm-hmm. the doll itself, there's no blood on it. There's no evidence that it had been right. part of a crime. Like, I don't know if they'd been factory refurbished or something, oh. but. There's a whole scene that Tom Holland cut out where Demberlag explains the rules of Demberlag. Once you put your soul into the body, it's it's clean. It's completely sterilized. Demberlag cleans it. So there, there we go. That sounds like I like a to detergent. come up with lies that explain plot holes sometimes. Well, it's, it's convincing enough for me. Perfect. <laughs> Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. Can you squish my sandwich for me, Mr. Stark? Mr. Stark, can we just do one more take, please, Mr. Stark? 
Hot take. I'm kind of. I'm kind of. I'm kind of glad he's gone. Anyway, <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna go there. We're not gonna get into that right now. <laughs> so, what? Do you guys recognize this manager who chews out uh, the mom? Yeah, he's from Home Alone too. He's the. That's uh, right. Uh, he's a manager in Home Alone at the airport. <laughs> oh really? I didn't Chicago think so. manager. <laughs> manager for hire. This guy with glasses. I'll show up in your movie in the late '80s and I'll be a fucking manager for you. And if I'm deal. not mistaken, no, maybe I'm wrong on that. No, I, I don't think he's not the same guy who's also the friend of the neighbor in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, right? He's not like the guy that they're going to go on the fishing trip with, right? It's a different guy? It might be. It, it might, might be the same guy. I'm not sure, but I don't know. You know, we could, if we, if only I had a device that gave me information at the tip of my fingers that I could pull out right now. Eh. So he chews her out. He asks her to fill in tonight. And I think he's just doing it to be an asshole. He doesn't need anyone to fill in. He's just like, you know, like, hey, come in tonight, even though it's your son. He doesn't know it's her son's birthday, Andy's birthday. But he's like, I need you to come in tonight. And, and yeah, you can go pick him up from school. But you got to come right back here. And she's like. It's his birthday. He says, good. He doesn't say that, but, like, it's basically good. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and so, I, I, know there's, yeah. I know there's snow on the ground, but it, I don't see any other indication, really, that this is Christmas time. I, I'm just it's, – it's Carson Peary Scott that they work at. And he's yeah. saying, you know, you can get off at 5, but I need you back here by 7. Unless it's, like, staying open until midnight, what kind of a bizarre two-hour night shift is this <laughs> I don't think Mr. Carson, Mr. Peary, or Mr. Scott would appreciate the dissidents. Well, here's the thing about Back this movie. Work. Because, yeah, they, they do set it up that it's Andy's birthday, and that's why he gets the, 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 you know, the doll. But... At one point, when he goes back to school, it does seem like they're coming back from winter break, and other kids are walking in with their good guy dolls as if they all got them, like, on winter break. So it's, like, it's kind of confusing. And there's also yeah. no explanation to why all of these kids get to bring their giant good guy dolls, which are the size of them, into school with them. That's ridiculous. And do you guys think, is it is it three guys named Carson, Peary, Scott, or is it a man named Carson, Peary, and just a guy named Scott? How did that work? No, it's Carson Peary, comma, Scott. He was very proud of his heritage. <laughs> um, <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Carson Peary, Scott, Irish. Oh, <laughs> but no, so, I guess, Jeremy, to your point, I can just imagine uh, the principal having to like put out an announcement about these good guy dolls and they have to confiscate them and put them all in like a cl- an empty classroom <laughs> until the day is over. students, all <laughs> students with a good guy doll shall report to the principal's office immediately and return the good guy dolls to my own. I'm turning this principal into Orson Welles slowly. <laughs> I should have committed to that at the beginning, but I did not, unfortunately. Welcome to Orson Welles Elementary. I'll be your principal, Orson Welles. <laughs> Please deposit your good guy dolls into my office and you can retrieve them at the end of the year. (laughs) Citizen good. I don't know. Uh, That was a magnificent impression. Sorry. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Mom gives Andy the doll. And Mom has a name, by the way. I just... Sally? Janet? Uh, Mona? Karen? Karen Margot? Mrs. Barkley gives Andy the doll 
at home. She finally gets it after buying it from the peddler. And the friend offers to take care of Andy while she does her shift later. Like, it's his birthday. It sucks. But, hey, that's what she's got to do. Yeah. So she gives the doll to him. Yay. Like, she did good. And to see the parents, you know, you guys are parents. You did good. You know, that's a good feeling. I finally got my kid the thing that they've been after, you know. And uh, we get I'm, to hear the famous. I'm from the story. deprivation school of parenting. Sorry, I uh, I don't get my kids anything they want. <laughs> I get joy out of taking things away from them. Exactly. Uh, I, I like to give my kid a lot of things, but it's only the things that I want. So that's that's the compromise that I make. <laughs> I am only I only have kids that live vicariously through them. Uh, so. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend of the end. Heidi ho, ha ha ha, is the first phrase we get from uh, the doll when Andy activates it to show off to his mom. And he plays with Chucky, and it's later on, it's night, mom's at work, and the friend's watching him, and shit's about to get good. On the news, we're hearing more about Charles Lee Ray and just what his situation is, but also we're hearing about um, an escape from jail also. That may or may not be happening. And uh, anyway, it's time for bed. He's got Andy's got to get tucked in. And and here's the thing that that uh, is very similar to like these these haunting movies, like these ghost movies. It's these fucking kids are like, well, the, the the tall man told me that I shouldn't <laughs> talk to you. You know, shit like that. And it turns out it's a ghost that's like telling the kid, turning the kid against the parent, and the parent doesn't believe them. What I like about this movie, and I'll say it, is Andy fucking lays his cards all on the table right from the get-go. He says, Chucky's been telling me this. He said his name is Charles Lee Ray. He said he would murder me. And all the parents and all the adults are going like, duh, 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 for fucking, fucking 35 minutes. So I like I like Andy in this movie. Like, there's a lot of dumb kids in movies, but I like Andy. So Well, I like the, the sort of the establishing lie that endeared Chucky to Andy when he said that, you know, my name's Charles Lee Ray and all this stuff, but then he said, and uh, your daddy sent me down from heaven to play with you or something like that. Yeah. Because in the background of the living room and also in Andy's room on the shelf, you can see this guy in a red sweater, which I guess is Andy's dad, but it's the same. It's like the one picture they have of him that just <laughs> made copies of in frame. What if he looked like a good guy, and that's why Andy really needs a good guy? <laughs> oh, no. Red hair and freckles and overalls and striped shirt. He used to say hi ho a lot. Um, you got to wonder why a grown man has that haircut, but it's okay. <laughs> then he'd look like Ben Stiller's character from uh, Tropic Thunder. Was it? The, the kid, oh, that, the, the special oh, guy. Yeah, that that. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about... Um, for some reason, I pictured uh, Tom Cruise when you said Ben Stiller. So I just got that bald, fat image. Um, so it's time for bed. Chucky whispers to Andy. And this is a thing that goes on for like the next half hour is, is, is off screen. Chucky will tell Andy something and then Andy will relay the message to the parents. And the parents will go, oh, that's cute. Or they'll go, that's kind of weird. And then finally, Chucky comes to life. Spoilers. But he wants to watch the news. And Andy says to the friend, like... Uh, Chucky says he wants to watch the news. Can we stay up later? And the friend's like, very funny. No, go brush your teeth. And he goes to brush his teeth very sloppily, just like he makes breakfast. And uh, he, uh, while he's doing that, Chucky takes it upon himself. And is this where we start to get the POV shots of Chucky, I, like the yeah. movement? Yeah, just about here. Pretty, 
pretty economical in my opinion if you to, for movement to simulate movement of Chucky they just do the Raimi cam just a first person kind of low angle turning the the corner peaking kind of uh, voyeuristic and uh, eventually it gets him from point A to B and uh, in this case it's the the couch to watch the news to continue and it's I feel like is it a point of pride for Charles Lee Ray, or does he just want to know if he's in the clear or where Caputo is, or if it's all three, you know? I think he's, well, he wants to get revenge. So I think he happened to be in the living room and the TV was on when they had that news blurb. So mm-hmm. he's probably sitting there thinking, oh, well, this will just be on. But then the aunt slash friend says it's time for bed. So he's like, shit, I, I got to find out like what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so he just, I guess he figures, well, I can always pin it on Andy. You know, he brought me out in the living room and all that stuff. But yeah, well, you bring up a good point about the POV stuff is this is the first time in the movie so far where Chucky, as he's been re- reborn in this doll, uh, has free reign because he's either been cooped up in this box or mm-hmm. he's been like tucked under Andy's arm or the adults have been handling him. But they kind of take him back to his room and he's alone, like there's nobody around. And so he can start creeping around and, uh, you know, without suspicion. And um, so the the friend aunt comes out into the she's referred to as aunt by by Andy. And she comes in and she sees Chucky watching TV. She gets pissed, turns off the news. Now she carries uh, Chucky by the arm back to the bathroom and says, what's the deal, kid? I told you not to do that. And uh, he denies it. Because he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Because <laughs> Chucky is sentient. And uh, so he denies it. He gets yelled at. Goes to bed. And that's when Chucky gets up. And he kind of roams around the apartment. The friend is watching um, uh, TV while reading a book. And uh, the lights are dim. It's a very moody, suspenseful sequence. It's played out very for a surprisingly tight movie. The scenes play out pretty suspenseful and slow. Um, they take their time. That that sweet eighties horror score (laughs) that like, that just that eerie sound that like it, it, it's unmatched. Like there's, I don't think horror scores sound nearly as horrifying as they did in the 1980s. Yeah. It was more like, and I'm not just talking John Carpenter. I'm like, like there's some synth stuff going and it's more funny and fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like this weird, like, drowned harp kind of thing. I don't know what the hell that instrument is, but it's like that yeah. kind of reverberating thing. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> the zero. <laughs> uh, Who invented the zero? <laughs> I think that was Irving P. Ceron. He was done. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So. All right. As the ant chews out Andy, and we see his apartment's kind of shabby, and he and this is a dirty Chicago movie with a single mom just doing her best who can't afford a good guy. I'm thinking in a different movie, Chucky would probably help Andy. He would see it would be like a like a climbing up on Salisbury Hill, like trailer, <laughs> like hug, they'd like come together, and he would improve his life, you know, instead of terrorizing him. That's well, I mean, the, something that bugged me is. It's kind of like one of those – they live in one of those friends' apartments where <laughs> they don't seem to be making nearly enough money to afford this giant space. And I don't know what Karen does for entertainment. She's got this like this big drafting table. 
I don't know how long yeah. ago it was that the husband passed away. Is she living on like, uh, not settlement money, but insurance money? Was he an architect? Because she's working at Carson Pierce Scott and like raising this kid. It's like, this yeah, is a pretty posh fun. place, even though it's kind of dingy looking, but you know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You got to wonder. Is Mr. Carson, Mr. Peary, or Scott <laughs> giving her something under the table to simplify? Where do you think she's got the cash to go out into the wood, uh, into the alley with the peddler and buy the good guy doll? Oh, she, she got that shit from the register. She's like, oh, I'll, just, I'll just pay this back. Yeah. She's like, I'm already leaving this job. Fuck it, I might as well take some money, too. Where did you okay. get that doll? I got it from a peddler. That is where I got it from. From the actor playing Peddler in this movie. <laughs> the Peddler Files. Wait. Um, no, I, uh, I I don't know what the what the deal is with her and her economic situation. But considering what we find out about Charles Lee Ray later and what we see in his apartment, I kind of want to see like a prequel movie about what all these characters were doing before yep. the doll came into play. Because there's some That's... fascinating shit going on. Exactly what I was thinking. Like Charles Lee Ray, they just scratched the surface of who he is in this movie, and they and and the, you better believe in the subsequent movies they don't even fucking acknowledge <laughs> Brad Dorf. But uh, there's a whole like mo- prequel that has like where they just like the I could see it now. You get like little images of dolls, but you don't quite you know you just hint at it. At, but it's really just about a man strangling people <laughs> in the Lakeshore area. <laughs> It's, uh, and painting nude, painting murals of himself nude, kneeling itself. before a voodoo priest. And that's uh, it's it, it's a Platinum Dunes production, right? Like that's the one making it. Uh, yeah, Michael Bay, or no, I'm sorry, Marcus Nispel directs it. Who did being Texas Chainsaw and Friday the Thirteenth remakes? Charles the one where he sucks cock through the through the mask. <laughs> Chucky sucks some cock is the uh, reboot. Uh-huh. Child's Play Origins. That's what it's going to be called. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be called CLR. Charles Lee Ray. Yeah. Just, oh, no. Or, what, would it just be... No, it's called Ray. Fuck the Jamie Foxx movie. <laughs> <laughs> Brad Dorf, and he reprises his role, and they do de-aging. <laughs> so he's like 40 years <laughs> It's like the Irishman. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> I'm worried about the Irishman. I don't know about you guys. I'm, I'm terrified. <laughs> but it can't be any worse than what they did with uh, the kids from the It remake, or It Chapter 2. I don't know if you guys have they seen that. But, them, but Does it look bad, Ian? Um, do not see it in IMAX, <laughs> because the kid who plays Ben Hanscom, the chubby kid, it looks like his face is like glowing from the inside of his oh, cheeks. No. <laughs> it's, it's so weirdly smooth. Oh no. Yeah. Like they replaced him with a jack-o'-lantern. It's it's horrible. Oh, on a scale of fuck uh The Rock in Scorpion King to Sam Jackson in Captain Marvel, Ben Hanscom is kind of on the low end of the spectrum. Uh he's like you know, he's more more like Cavill's mustache. I guess I put him at like a six. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Cavill's mustache. All right. So what happens? She gets murdered by a doll. 
There's some suspenseful stalking around the apartment. A chair is propped against the door. She unprops it. She turns on a light. There's flowers spilt all over the kitchen. And then the phone rings. Ah, it's Mrs. Barkley just checking in. And the friend's like, I don't know what I was thinking. Everything's fine. No. And, you know, give a what's his name? Oh, kick in the pants for me. And then she hangs up the phone. She sweeps up the flowers, <laughs> checks behind the plants. And this is all playing out real slow. Yeah. And eventually, this is like, how do I describe this? This is an awkward beat before she actually gets hit. Would you agree? Um, what do you mean? You mean like the timing of the of yeah, the blow? Yeah, she turns, and it's like something I'd like, and I say like the Godfather because Francis Ford made it like his mission statement in that movie to make the kills kind of weird and clumsy, and this is to me a weird clumsy kill, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I definitely think that number one, it's an so overreaction. It's the Godfather of horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like the Godfather three. Anyway, um. Uh, no, I, I I do agree that uh, yeah, it there there's something a little bit weird about it. Uh, you know, again, I, I I mean, all she did was turn off the news and and put him to bed. It's it, it, he, that's an overreaction on his part. He should have been strangling her anyway if he wanted to do something he loved. Instead, he just took the hammer. He took the easy way out. Yeah, she well, gets whacked in the face. And I think what it there's a couple of there's like three problems with it. One, it should have been she turns around has a scared reaction and then we cut to the exterior of the building where she's falling out right okay or she turns around she takes a hammer immediately to the face and then we see her fall out the window as it stands she turns around there's that beat that kind of like oh my god Ah. i'm seeing something weird and then Mm. the third problem is that she gets hit in the head with a hammer but it's the toy hammer it's a Mm. miniature hammer so we don't really uh-huh. know that until later because the the whole connection, you know, Andy got the toy set, the toy tool set earlier on. We're not really thinking about that in this moment. So it's just like she got hit by this little miniature hammer. Hey. Unless it's like a real small hammer, like what's that going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Even if he tries really hard to hit her in the face, I don't think yeah. it's going to send her back with enough force to fall through a fucking window. It uh, it really it adds something to the whole lethal toys theme, I guess, of the movie. Is uh and and, and like to, even to my point is his knife at the end of this movie looks like a fucking toy. Where does he get that thing? Do yeah. you guys know where he gets that? We were trying to track it. Like it just shows up in the movie. It's this like red stripy knife that he has. I assume it's part of that you know whatever the accessory kit that he got, but we don't see it. And also complete it is, with it a does, knife. <laughs> it, yeah, it does look like a toy knife. It also looks like you could fuck someone up with it. It doesn't yeah. have like the rounded edges. It's got like does. a steel blade. I don't know what's going on there. It just looks like a, a fucking kitchen knife that he grabbed, and and it just happened to have he a quirky handle. It out. He tricked it out. Um, but she takes a little toy hammer. I thought it was a real hammer. It makes more, way more sense now that it was a toy hammer from the set that he got. She falls through the window onto a car. Fucking Mrs. Barkley gets off the bus to find a police scene outside her apartment. And she's like, well, what's going on? And she goes upstairs. And sure enough, we, we're back. We're catching up with Chris Sarandon again. Bordello of Bloods, Chris Sarandon. Right. <laughs> And uh, he introduces himself, and now we know. Oh, by the way, is, really. going. Go, I'm sorry, just to go right back to the, the to her getting off the bus. Caitlin pointed this out because she was watching up until a certain point. She gets off the bus and waves to all of the strangers on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, what's going 
going on over there? It's not like she, like, you know, like, I guess maybe she's trying to, like, cue the driver, like, hey, I'm safe now, but, like, she's a grown adult. It's not a school bus. So it's like, why is she cueing the driver? Like, okay, you can go now. So she waves to everyone on the bus. What's even more puzzling is why is Detective Mike Norris, played by Chris Sarandon, dressed like a college professor in all of these scenes? <laughs> he's got a sweater vest. He's got the collar underneath. He does not look like your average detective. You know what I mean? Well, because so, he's not your average detective. That's he's, true. Uh, you know, but Mike Norris, you're talking about. Is. Um, he kind of is. <laughs> Isn't he? I mean, yeah, he's what pretty. Separates he's, Chris Sarandon from the <laughs> movie detectives. His experience in the bordello. <laughs> well, that came later. <laughs> you guys remember that movie? It was yeah. fucking Dennis Miller cha-cha and all over the <laughs> left and right. Oh, yeah. and, like the weirdest, tonally the weirdest movie. It's like, why would you put this erudite mother in this weird schlocky? fucking horror movie about like hookers it's very Probably, weird because i would assume it's the hbo connection because i mean tales I feel from the like rasputin at a radio shack cha cha <laughs> you know what i'm saying stan's go-to dennis Miller reference <laughs> involves rasputin it's always a rasputin line <laughs> cha cha what I messed me like up rest. is that that movie came out Right around the same time as I started listening to Kathy Bates reading the audiobook of Stephen King's Desperation. Oh. And for some reason, I think because the main character in that movie or that book was sort of a wise ass, I imagined Dennis Miller in that part. <laughs> so it was this like eight hour audiobook with Dennis Miller in my head, like fighting I I, whatever he was I doing in that book. Was Ron Perlman in the Desperation movie for TV? The, yes. I, I yeah, never saw, I saw it. it. I saw it. It was not worth seeing. Cha cha. <laughs> be like Rasputin on the set of uh, Desperation. Cha cha. <laughs> it's not even good. Uh, all right. So so what they they meet. There's footprints in the flower. Little footprints. Okay. And the cops are starting to think that maybe Andy had something to do with it. But Chris Sarandon's like he's in the clear. Like, before you freak out, Mrs. Barkley. But at the same time, there's some skepticism in the department. Like, oh, yeah. I feel. <laughs> and he looks at the bottom of Andy's sneakers, and uh, he's like, somebody made those footprints. And she's like, okay, that's enough, Chris Sarandon. You need to go. He's like, whoa, what do I do? And he goes home, and Andy goes to bed. And, yeah, and, she, uh, and the, the cops are all like, yeah, that's fine. You could just stay here and sleep in this crime scene. We're not going <laughs> to like make you stay anywhere else. That's a good point. Well, and you also know, Chris Sarandon kind of, yeah. Well, Chris Sarandon kind of Peter Venkman's it on the way out the door. <laughs> like he's mm. almost trying to lean his way back in and and, and sweet talk Mrs. Barkley. I feel like a little bit. Um, he nags her, makes fun of her kid's uh, name. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that uh, the other thing is they got all these detectives hanging out in this kitchen and they're pondering the significance of these footprints in the flower there's no way it can be andy because these are clearly a toy's footprints like right. chucky isn't that big he's sizable but his shoes are still like toy shoes yeah we're dealing with a like very a smart killer guys a very smart killer who could defy physics he can shrink his feet he's got very tiny feet that's the thing we're looking for a very tiny feet perhaps 
Regular size body, but very tiny feet killer. Little little legs. Someone with a Jack Skellington proportion to their feet (laughs) and leg ratio. (laughs) Here's what I like about our boy Andy in this movie. I really like Andy. He wastes no. He says, "I'm not going to waste any narrative time in any other movie. I could wait until the next day. I can tell my mom what's going on, and then she can tell Chris Sarandon, or I could run out into the hallway right now with my mom and Chris Sarandon. I could tell him that I just found flour on the bottom of Chucky's feet, which he does." And Chris Serena goes, uh, and the mom goes, duh, duh. <laughs> Chris Serena goes, uh? well, he, he doesn't actually mention the flower. He sees the flower and then tries to tell them that Chucky was the one walking in the flower without saying, hey, there's flower on Chucky's feet. Maybe I have some evidence of this. Well, okay. But still, he's trying. He makes an attempt here. And they we like, did kind of just brush it off. We did jump over the the line that Andy uh, said that Chucky had told him about his aunt. Said yeah. that uh, she was a real bitch who got what she deserved. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird hearing that come out of like an eight year old's mouth. Yeah, in that same scene, that's where Andy says that uh, Chucky tells him his real name's Charlie Charles Lee Ray, and he was sent from heaven by Daddy to play with me. And the mom hears that, and you're thinking any normal mom would be like, okay, this is a kid going through some grieving. Let him do his thing. Just don't get carried away. That's where she's at. And then things escalate throughout the narrative here. And uh, he does say that. He says, Aunt Maggie's a real bitch, and she got what she deserved. (laughs) So she gives him the Woody. I call it the Woody dress down, where she says, he is just a toy, a T-O-Y toy, son. And he goes, "Uh, okay. And, you know, he's not real. And uh, Andy says, sorry, I'll stop making up stories. And inside, he's like, I'll I'll placate you, Mom, but it, I know the fucking truth. So <laughs> Andy brings Chucky to school. And that's this is perhaps the craziest scene, is the fact that he gets to bring a doll to school. So he brings the doll to school, and he comes back out. As soon as he gets dropped off, the mom walks away. And he leaves the school with the fucking doll in his hand. And he gets on the CTA. And nobody, and this is kind of realistic because the world's a shitty, dumb place, especially around here. They get on the fucking CTA and they let this six-year-old kid on his doll ride all the way to the fucking 47th Street Projects. Gets off, walks through a shanty town under the tracks, goes to a like the, the worst building in Chicago, and just takes a leak out there in the middle of waking <laughs> fucking stabbed by anybody. It's it's hey, tense. His money was green. That's all that matters. <laughs> that <is tough. laughs> um, he's got a good guy though. Oh, that's cool. That's all they're thinking as he walks by on the CTA. <laughs> don't don't bother that kid. He's got some money. That and, kid uh, over there with the good guy doll's got some money. Leave him alone. <laughs> that would have been interesting. What if someone tried to like rob him for his good guy doll, like he had Nike shoes on or something? Give me the doll, yeah. kid. Give me the <laughs> damn over good there. guy doll. You don't want to see me play a bad guy, do you? Give me some oh, shit. No. Guy. I know, Give me the goddamn really good guy, doll, you piece of shit. <laughs> I better shove this sausage down your throat. Give me the goddamn good guy. <laughs> you jag off. Let's go to the House of Blues. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd in Child's Play. Did you guys know that there are aliens out there, millions of miles out there, light years away? You guys should play the new Ghostbusters game on the Switch. I endorse this. That's him in a nutshell these days. So And drink my vodka. It's in a skull. Oh. So on the seat, he goes there. 
And this is also Chucky can settle half of his score. So he's going to settle half of it with this uh, this Caputo guy who's like sleeping in the shittiest old buildings. There's rats everywhere. Andy takes an opportunity to go tinkle. And while Chucky runs into the building, they get the POV shot of him going inside. And he does basically what he did to the friend. He stalks around for a little while. And uh, Caputo's got his gun. And he's antsy, you know? He just escaped from jail. So he's, anybody could be lurking around the corner. And uh, eventually he makes his way up. And uh, Chucky turns on the oven, causes a gas leak in the entire place. And this is like... This is like, ten, for me, 10-year-old movie rules. If there's, like, gas or if there's, like, a gas tank and you shoot it or there's something, like, if there's a shot near, it's going to, the whole place is going to explode. And that's, like, I guess realistic rules, too, but. Um, I wouldn't want to try it out. Yeah. <laughs> I just, as it's funny as a kid, like, you know that scene in The Dark Knight where he's, those two kids are pretending to shoot cars and all the cars blow up? When you're yeah. a kid, you want, like, you just, you just. Dude, now the fridge blows up. Now my whole building's blown up. But this is 2019. We need to be more sensitive, guys. So, uh, I'm anyway. not the one who wants to blow up the building, but <laughs> I, my nine-year-old self got reported for terrorism now retroactively. <laughs> so. The old partner, Caputo, he's looking around, he's looking around, and he's looking around for Chucky outside. It all comes to fruition when eventually Caputo bursts open the door where the gas leak is, the source of the gas leak is happening. He fires off his shot with, like, without warning, just kind of willy-nilly, and the whole place explodes. And it's a good explosion. It's a great explosion. Yeah. Uh, He gets away, uh, Chucky gets away, gets back to Andy, and they just leave the scene. That's it. The school doesn't I don't think the school calls Miss Barkley. We don't hear about it as an audience. There's no real consequences of him skipping. Whatever. That's true. You know? I don't know. Yeah, it's weird because in the next scene, she comes home or whatever, and the cop's like, you didn't go to the school to get your son? And then she's like, no, I came straight here. And then he's all like, hey, I'm here already, Mom. So yeah, what the hell was, yeah. was going on there? It's like right after it explodes, there's like a, it's like a hard cut to the mom coming into the station. It's almost like comical to me. It's like <laughs> mid-explosion, mom's like in the station and she's going to get Andy. <laughs> These are the consequences of that. So And Andy's being like interrogated and the cop, he's telling the cop about Chucky and his situation. He's once again being transparent and the mom shows, tells him to tell the truth or they're going to take him away. Like seriously, you got to be honest here. And Andy says, I am being honest. And he turns to Chucky and he starts hitting the doll. He says, say something, you motherfucker. You've been talking to me this whole time. He doesn't say motherfucker, but he keeps hitting the doll. He keeps saying, say something. And the doll just, he eventually says, hi, I'm Chucky. I'm your friend in the end. Like some bullshit pre-recorded uh, spiel. And uh, he says, he's doing it on purpose. He said he'd kill me. And I, what, I don't know what the, how the cops are supposed to react, but they, they take it pretty serious. The mom takes the doll home, and then she does what Andy just did in the previous scene. She starts, like, yelling at the doll. Say something, damn it. Say something. And uh, this is when it all kind of uh, – this is the big scene. She goes. This is, where, this is where the movie becomes a comedy because, yeah, he, he comes alive. <laughs> his face turns without us knowing when that happens. It just all of a sudden he's got a different face. 
And uh, yeah, he's he's cursing her out and calling her a dirty slut. And you're like, how does he have that even as a first of all, he's slut shaming. Second of all, how does he know uh, what her sexual history is like? Because he came down from heaven. He was watching the entire time. It's true. (laughs) Uh, That detail. That was a cool twist, though, because she finds that the batteries are still in the box for the good guy. So the batteries are never put in the doll. She even checks the doll. No batteries. And and Charles Lee Ray sees she sees this and he it's he says he does the pre-recorded Chucky greeting. But like it's it has just a slightly more um, uh, uh, evil. It's, kind of it's menacing. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play? Yeah, just slightly. Yeah. It's, ooh, something, yeah, something's I mean, about to happen. He, he might as well just be like, you wanna play, you fucking bitch? Because, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> that's the tone that he's taking. But, but, but Mr. Holland, Spider-Man, he wants to take his time with these scenes. She goes under the couch, she drops the doll, she freaks out a little bit. And we do like a slow push in. He could come to life at any time, I'm thinking. It's like, to me, this scene is like a jack-in-the-box. We're just waiting for the fucking thing to pop up. And uh, eventually, the way he does pop up, so to speak, does not impress me. When he finally does, you finally see his face. He finally hear him call her a slut, and he finally attacks her. To me, that (laughs) moment could have been better. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird because then it's it just looks like a woman shaking a doll around on top of her, you know, like and that's because that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's very like early Doctor Who wrestling with the swamp monster puppet kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It it doesn't quite work, but you know, I think this the the jump of where he says, "Hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play?" is very. Uh, it's it's a great moment because it's like right when she realizes that the batteries aren't in the doll, that's when the head turns. Like it's yeah. it's almost immediate. Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of carried me through the rest of the scene, um, even though it wasn't as effective as that moment. And it comes to that. Be- Excuse me. It comes to that because she's about to throw him in the fireplace. She's like, "Fine, you don't want to talk. I will throw you in the fireplace." It's come to that, and uh, that's when he comes to life. He bites her. He, like takes out a chunk of her arm. And uh, this is a little. He gets out of the apartment. He gets into the elevator in this like big steel cagey like. It reminds me of the end of Casino Royale, which Vesper dies. Like this big elevator shaft uh, yes. surrounded in metal. And I, uh, that's I talk about a Chicago movie. I'm like, I want to find out where this building is and see if yeah. that actually exists or if that's a creation that they put together um, just for this movie or what? Because it looked authentic and i'm like i would love to live there <laughs> it's a great yeah it's like a great big open elevator lobby with this great big steel cage of an elevator shaft it's cool and uh she chases him down and uh on the streets he's gone and she's like no and he gets away and she goes to detective norris and she says chucky's alive and she explains to him what happened she says there were no batteries and he goes, why don't you calm the fuck down? <laughs> and she says, you don't don't believe me. Fine. I will go find the peddler. And he goes, where are you going? I am going to find the peddler. And he says, you can't go out of the front. It's really dangerous out there. She goes, no, I'm going to find the peddler. And she leaves to go find him. The peddler. <laughs> <laughs> well, he says that you can't go down <clears throat> to that part of town at this time of night. I'm thinking she works at Carson's Peary Scott. It's probably like downtown. 
Yeah. Like, maybe she works it's an alley behind the establishment. Store, but... yeah. I'm sorry. She works on the Magnificent Mile, and uh, you're not supposed to go down to that part of town? <laughs> right. I mean, a bag mile. Well, I mean, I guess look what happened to Jussie Smollett, but. Um... <laughs> No, but like he orchestrated oh, an attack on himself. <laughs> what? Look what no. didn't happen to Jesse Smollett. <laughs> he yeah. caused a real nuisance that night. Anyway, uh, but she ends up going down to like this horrible like slum area by the like right on the river. Uh, there's no department stores anywhere no. around this place. Yeah, there's not even I a almost... parking garage in that area. It's so bad. No, I there's... feel like there's a deleted scene or something where she went to her office. And then found the alley, and someone was like, "Oh no, he's down by the river. You gotta go across town." He's at the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I wish so, this movie, the third act, was at the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> Chucky going, throwing cheesecake at her. <gasps> the room. Chucky cheesecake. There you go. Yeah. It's right. <laughs> it's genius. So, the, of course, the peddler wants to rape Mrs. Barkley. As soon as, like, it get, it's like, it gets, it's expedited pretty quickly. He's yeah. like, how much money you got? She's like, not much, but, like, listen, um, what is she offering money? She finally tracks him down after asking many hobos around Chicago in a montage with no audio. And she finally, <laughs> meets, uh, she sees the peddler, and she, like, says, uh, you sold me a doll, right? He's like, yeah. And he's, he's like, where did you get it? He's like, I'll offer you money. He's like, I'm not telling you. And he's like, how much you got? She's like, I don't have much. He's like, you got plenty. And he like gets on top of her. And then Chris Sarandon comes in on his white horse. And he pokes <laughs> his, his, his sword. And, is it the uh, yeah? Is it the horse from the Princess Bride? Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's, 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 he's right there. He teleported. <laughs> From wherever he was driving to, to this burned-out car, wherever she was being sexually assaulted, with the crowd the like sewers. standing around. Yeah. Faster, <laughs> he takes the sewers. <laughs> I, I, I took the sewers. <laughs> Come with me. So he says. So finally, he says, "Hey, peddler." Where'd you get that doll? He says, I got it at a burnt-down toy store on Wabash. Steal this. And he goes, <laughs> and he goes uh-oh. And, and, and Mrs. Barkley goes, why uh-oh? And he goes, oh, no reason. She goes, no, why uh-oh? He goes, fuck off. And she goes, <laughs> this is really happening. He said that because that's where Charles Lee, uh, Lee Ray died. That's where I shot him. At the, bur- the toy store on Wabash. And she goes, holy shit. Where is he? Where did he live? And he goes, Stony Island. What does it matter? She goes, I'm going to Stony Island now. <laughs> goes to the uh, uh, even shittier place. Sorry. I wish th- I wish that the characters actually had the conviction that you're giving them. <laughs> I'm trying to make this more exciting. Well, they skipped right past the obvious moment, which is, you know, he should have said, like, that's where I shot a man named Charles E. Ray and then she was supposed to say what who, who what did you say and he's like Charles Lee Ray because Andy had said that specific name to her like the night before it's yeah. like how what, would yeah uh, what if so she that, said um, what if she said I dated a Charles Lee Ray <laughs> and he goes oh my god <laughs> we find out that Andy's dad is Chucky oh 
think about that one, guys. That that feels more like a reboot thing to add in there. Well, they already did Seed of Chucky, like, years later, so. Huh? (laughs) No. I'm going to stop recording. You guys think about it. All right. I I thought about it. We can keep going. You guys think about it? Yeah. What did you guys think about it? Not much. No. No. You guys are just a couple of peddlers. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, the Lakeshore Strangler died at a burnt-down toy store, Wabash. And then this is when Chris goes back, Chris Sarandon, Detective Chris Sarandon, goes back into his car, and he gets choked by jumper cobblers in his back, from the back seat by Chucky. Yeah. Did you say, did you say jumper cobblers? Jumper cobblers. Oh, so okay. Chucky chokes him from behind. You know, that's his kind of M.O., what we find yeah, out in yeah. the next one. If you guys seen 2, he takes a bag over a guy's head from a back seat in 2, and he chokes him out. Oh. And he's a real Lakeshore Strangler, that one. He's, he's a real backseat killer, that one. Yeah, that's what they should have called this movie, Backseat Killer. And they're like, there's a doll in this? <laughs> <laughs> so... He chokes him with jumper cables in the back seat by Chucky. Crazy car scene because he can't stop the car for some reason. I don't know why. He's Chris Sarandon. He's driving. <laughs> can't stop his car. His fucking brake pedal falls off at one point. Like he tries to like hit it and like it literally. I've never seen a brake pedal so faulty that it literally falls <laughs> off. Like yeah, it's, a, it's bad. <laughs> well, it's and then like I'm sorry. Go. No, it's, it's it's a crazy scene because he starts getting choked, mm-hmm. and Chris Sarandon gets him off of him. But then you see this giant butcher knife start coming through the seat yes. and like through the back, and then under like under the seat, like he's going for his crotch. And it was just again, it was a great moment because it's comedic, but it's also terrifying because you're like, if I were in this situation, I would probably just try to get as close to the ceiling as I could, so I have this knife yeah. up my ass. Yeah, he Chris Sarandon comes so close from getting a uh, Gaddafi in this movie by Chucky. Oh. It's insane. That <laughs> 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 I made Ian react. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. You guys ever watch that footage? No. No. Don't. He's Saddam. Done. No problem. Not gonna watch it. <laughs> it ain't child's play. Um. I saw yeah. Zero Dark Thirty though. You guys see that movie? Good fucking movie. They fucking I love science. Up. I love science fiction. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I actually didn't see Zero Dark Thirty. Um. So anyway, fucking Mrs. Barkley. So that wait, the car flips after the brake pedal falls off because it's a shitty car, and it flips, and then Chucky like taunts him. Because this is like this is his second part of the score here. Well, after this, th- Chucky doesn't need to fucking exist anymore. Yet they make like five more movies. So I don't. Okay, so he's haunting Chris Sarandon in the flip car, and he just like eventually Chris shoots him, and he takes a shot, and he goes flying back. <laughs> and Chris Sarandon just sits there in the car like, ah. and that's it. So we cut to mom at Charles Lee Ray's place, and he's got the, the sexy mystic murals of himself on the wall <laughs> naked <laughs> and yeah. it's like writing and it says thank you mighty dambala for life after death and reincarnation charles lee ray was into some freaky mystical shit that we don't get into in this movie like we no, just no. Got into. 
we just we barely scratched the surface of all of that. I like the more I think about it, the more I kind of almost want a prequel to Child's Play to know what the hell was going on. Well, it's weird because you know this is a Chicago movie. Five years after that, you've got Candyman, which also deals with you know the, the sort of the slums on the outskirts of Chicago, weird murals, kind of like rituals about not exactly voodoo but sort of along those lines so this is mm-hmm. almost, this could be like spiritual uh, at least a double feature <laughs> yeah absolutely. and then this is something i don't because i didn't see i saw bride i did not see seed i didn't see the new ones curse i did cult uh this whole voodoo thing chucky goes to visit this guy his name is dr death and he is like an occult uh, voodoo witch doctor that Charles Lee Ray knew in his past life, and he goes to visit him at his place, and he's standing there, and he says the gree gree work, and he's like, he's standing there, and he's like, obviously it did. Look at me, man. And Doctor Death's like, you're an abomination. You're fucking slapping God in the face right now. And well, he Chucky's said, like, you've. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you've perverted everything I taught you. I'm like, well, yeah. what was he teaching him? Like. <laughs> He was, I was just him. thinking maybe a seagull or something, not a little doll. <laughs> what is this? Why was he teaching the secrets to the afterlife to who I assume he at least knew was a lowlife and possibly knew was a strangler of women? That's a good question, man. Like, like was the leg short? Was what he doing? What was what he was doing? He he believed to be good, maybe for the sake of what they their religion or something. I don't know, but that's something I wish they would get into with Ray. 2020 not 2005 <laughs> uh, <clears throat> do we talk about casting jamie fox as charles lee ray in that movie <laughs> i think he'd be a good dr death and i'm not just saying that because he's black i think he would kill it as dr <clears throat> so no i'm thinking about jamie fox as charles lee ray you not want fox dr. ray yeah i want Brad Dorif as, <laughs> as dr death oh you want to switch it yeah. I just look. Oh. As long as Jamie Foxx has the 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 long hair and a coat, then that's that's fine. That's then he, then he could be Charles Lee Ray all he wants. That's all he needs <laughs> is the long hair and the eighties coat. I mean, I'm, Jamie Foxx would be good at anything. Doctor, he could Doctor Death and Charles Lee Ray, uh, Mrs. Barkley, Chris Sarandon, <laughs> all Jamie Detective Fox. Chris Sarandon. Yeah, Fox play is what it is. It's all Jamie Foxx. Uh, so. What he says he reveals to Dr. Death is, is that his body ain't forever, and he thought it was. He's, he's getting destroyed. It's degrading. And Dr. Death says, that's right. Over time, you're going to become more human, and you're going to become more vulnerable. And he says, well, that fuck that, dude. What do I got to do? He's like, well, what you got to do is die because you're an abomination. You're an outrage <laughs> against nature. And Chucky, this is – like I said, they, I've never seen this in any other Chucky movie. It's all just knife. It's all electrocution. It's strangling. A voodoo doll is used to murder Dr. Death in this scene. It's pretty cool. It we, is. But again, i got to go back to this training or this mentorship. Mm-hmm. Did Was it like a Luke Skywalker situation where Charles <laughs> Lee Ray didn't get to finish? Because it seems like if you're going to share the secrets of transferring your soul to another object or being yeah. to come back to life, you'd want to kind of share the part about how the longer you stay in that form, the more human you become. And it was, if what you're saying about this seagull, seagull thing, <laughs> could he become like a seagull human hybrid? <laughs> <laughs> 
That is a true abomination and a true uh, outrage against nature. Uh, you know, here's the thing, Ian. Once again, I will fill in that hole for you from my mind. Okay. What Carson Peary and Scott, Dr. Death, Chucky, and Jeffrey Epstein all got together in their elite society underground, and they did the, they laid out the ground rules. They said seagulls only. And what did fucking the first thing Charles Lee Ray did is he perverted the whole uh, ethos of their group. And that's why Epstein's dead, and that's why Charles Lee Ray has to die. I, I think you're onto something. I think we also solved that mystery because uh, Epstein, you know, ch- choked to death with the broken vertebrae and all that stuff. It was the doll. The doll right did there. it. Yeah. That was the Lakeshore Strangler who killed him in his cell. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Actually, th- there's a lot of rumors that he's still alive and that he's a seagull. So <laughs> there you have it. Oh, God. Okay. Hashtag Epstein is alive. Uh, so he here's here's what okay after Chucky breaks some bones on this voodoo doll of Doctor Death, which Doctor Death keeps around. He has a voodoo doll of himself, or did Chucky make a voodoo doll of him? Like it really quickly. I think I think he had he had a voodoo doll hanging around because he said something like, "You shouldn't leave this stuff laying around," or, or like, "I know where you keep your." He's like, it's, "Don't it's tell like he, you." Don't tell people where you leave this stuff is something like that. Or like, so yeah. he's like, not only did he have the voodoo doll, he's like, but I, everything I taught you where I keep my secret voodoo doll and you perverted it. <laughs> I, I raised for you a moral ethical question. You have a voodoo doll. You fondle it. It's of yourself. Is that weird? So then in uh, <laughs> Dr. Dad. What? <laughs> when I is think that, about just, you, I touch my voodoo doll. <laughs> All right. You, so you're, the, so you're fondling your voodoo doll. Uh, oh, All right. So Chucky stabs the doll. Death, death. We see death's death in this scene. Oh, and we get Chris and Mrs. Barkley. They show up to find a dying death, and they say, <laughs> he says, "You must stop him before you can. He can save the chant." They're like, "Whatever, man." And they say, "Through the heart." It's the only way. It's like, oh, so like a human? Uh, okay. <laughs> they, so they know that they have to wine him, dine him, and 69 him straight to the heart. <laughs> they got to make him fall in love with him. They got to romance him. They have to fucking treat him like a human being. They realize you now. So now Chucky's coming for Andy at a psychiatric facility. This is where Andy's locked up. And he sees him, and he's like coming. He sees the doll coming from him, and he's going nuts in his room. And all the doctors are like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> he sees the doll coming. <laughs> Andy cries, you can, and it's good. The actor cries. Oh, yeah. Alex Vincent is great in this in this movie. I don't know how old he was when he actually made this, but it's one of those things with certain child actors, especially when they're in horror movies or like dramas where they have to experience their characters have to experience these horrors. I always wonder. Like, mm-hmm. how do they get to that place? Like, what yeah. level of direction or parental think, explanation do you have to get to? Because he looked like he was tr- fucking traumatized in that cell. I th- I think it's uh, – I honestly think that it has to be, like, the parents playing a trick on the kid and being like, okay, we're leaving forever or something no. like that. And he's like, don't leave me. Like, honestly – and, like, I know that that's, like, a, a grim thought, but I have heard, like – I, I can't. I can't even remember where I heard this story, but there was like a child actor, and they're like somebody needed to get him to cry, and they're like we have something that can work, and they're like 
so mommy died and like the kids yeah. start crying so it's like it's grim they do that and that's why it's happened you never have a child actor on more oh. than one set that's happened but here's what happened guys tom holland walked over to the Weird child and he said again. what you're good now okay yeah tom holland walked over to alex vincent and he said, they're not going to make another Spider-Man movie if you don't cry in the scene. I can't. They said they're going to kill off my character if you don't do this. And then he, that got him. He cried. So, and they, can you make my sandwich real flat? Because Mr. Stark is around to squish my sandwich. Happy, happy, can you squish my sandwich for me, for me real flat? So I'm not going to squish your sandwich. You know. Well, you always ask me to squish your sandwich. I don't understand why. I mean, how many times do I have to squish your sandwich for you? I mean, you should know how to squish your own sandwich right now. <laughs> I can just do because it I'm again. a chef. Listen, just because I'm a fucking chef, I'm going to fucking squish your I'm sandwich have for you. I'm going to say no. <laughs> See, this is the great thing about Skype is we get all these celebrity, you know, drop-ins. Right. Like, you can't do this in a basement. What did he say, Landis? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, why did you guys And my cat's here, here, too. The cameo by my cat. So I can't hear anything. <laughs> My cat made a cameo also just now. All right, we we gotta wrap this up. <laughs> We're almost Where there. Except this movie <laughs> has like four fucking endings. So Andy breaks out of his room somehow. He tries to escape from Chucky. Chucky like jumps on Andy in an operating room. Struggle, struggle. Doctor like fucking a doctor comes in, doesn't see the doll. He tries to administer a shot on Andy. And while this is all happening, Chucky grabs a scalpel off the ground, and you see a POV rush to his leg, and it cuts his leg, and he's like, ah, stab. And then he gives him some electroshock therapy. Yeah, he gives him a – he fucking Randall McMurphy's him, and it's fucking intense, man. This is probably (laughs) the most intense death. This is like fucking Leprechaun 2-level death with the the fucking steam, you know? The steam? Oh, God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and the the eyes and the mouth – the blood coming out of the eyes and the mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the the actor who played him, Jack Colvin, uh, talking about a Marvel connection. He was on the old Incredible Hulk TV show. He was the detective who was tracking the Hulk, Bruce Banner, oh, yeah? across the country. Yeah. Mr. Ferrigno, can you squish my sandwich really tight for me, please? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I can't do that for you. I was supposed to uh, say this, but that sandwich is, is disappeared. Oh my God, Lou, your body, you're like an Adonis. You're just like a beautiful Michelangelo work of art. I'm in the Irishman, by the way. They de-aged me 40 years. <laughs> uh, so Chris and Mom, Chris Sarandon, Mrs. Barkley show up. Aftermath now. All this has happened at the psychiatric facility. They got away, Chucky and, and Andy, for one more scene. That's all you need to know is they think Andy did it also, it says Chris Sarandon. And his partner, Chris Sarandon's partner, who he's like throughout this movie is like this prick. I don't know. Yeah. Like, how does he describe <laughs> just kind of like this prick? And uh, at the apartment now, this is the big ending. Chucky rides the elevator, and Andy made his ass all the way back home from the psychiatric facility somehow, from running away from Chucky. Well, Chucky he, we've it. established he's a he's an experienced CTA it's writer. It's true. Right? It's true. Yeah. He's got his card and everything, so <laughs> he just yeah. And uh, Chucky knows how to, he's he, Chucky knows his way around town too. You know, he's the Lakeshore Strangler, so he takes the elevator up. <laughs> An old lady calls him ugly, which gives him an opportunity to loop a line off screen. Fuck you, as the yeah, elevator yeah. goes. Andy prepares for him, kind of. He hides in the closet, but then, like, he gets out. And then Chucky comes through the fireplace, 
he kicks open the door. It's a cool kick effect. I think it's like a, a either a kid or a little person doing it. Uh, he has a cool knife now, like I mentioned earlier. And he gets a bat, and then you know Chucky pops up, surprise, swinging a miss from Andy. There's a chase. Chucky knocks out Andy with a bat after saying "batter up," and there's a chance he starts can we, doing. Can we address the fact that like maybe it's a bad idea to attack the host body that you're trying yeah. to like use? Like he's yeah. he, he could really damage the body he's about to take. Like brain damage. Like when he finally goes in, he's like, Duh. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, um, it's another interesting question. Like, what happens if Andy dies? I don't know if any of the other movies have addressed this host body thing, but like, if did, it, and he's trapped in the body forever, I guess. It's a good like, question because in the Doctor Death scene, we've also established Chucky learns the rules himself. He learns that he has to go back to Andy because it's the person you tell who you uh, have possessed uh, your body into. That's the person you have to, whose body you have to take subsequently. Like if yeah, I told is... you, Ian, that that I am Charles Lee Ray, I have to take your body if I want a new body because I told you it was secret secrets. You know, yeah. like it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I just wonder if he stays in Chucky in the doll's body and he becomes fully human. Does that mean that he then grows up? Like, is there gonna be like an adult tall <laughs> version of the Chucky doll walking around? <laughs> That's how they got the mascot in the live action show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a full-grown man who grew into the doll. It's the Demberlock cult. The, de- the word of the day is voodoo. <laughs> and so uh, Chucky catches up with him. He starts doing the chants. You know, you get that lightning, the clouds, the thunder outside. Feel the thunder. And Mom and Chris, they come upstairs, and they're running, and uh, they uh, – there's like a struggle, like Chris Sarandon, he's useless in the scene. He like his thigh gets cut and then like uh, he gets beat up by a doll in the bedroom, basically. Yeah. And then this, this movie ends like three times. The first time the mom throws him in the fireplace after like yep. a struggle with Chucky and he bur- she burns him up real good. And then like they're like, OK, everything's fine. They go in the other room and she's like, Andy, like. Go get me a glass of water or some shit. <laughs> like, some excuse for Andy to leave on his own. And that's when he comes across a charred up Chucky on his own. And he looks pretty gnarly. And he's like, hi, Andy. And he tries the Demberlaw shit again. Right? Like, um, Yeah, well, it, the, the problem is the two endings, the three endings that this movie has, two of them are from other well-established films. Uh, one is The Terminator, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the, the body gets burned up in a wreckage, but then there's still this weird, gross, charred skeleton coming after them, even to the point where there's, like, limbs getting broken off and it's crawling yeah. its way yeah. towards them. Um, mm-hmm. And it's almost got a Jason Voorhees thing where it's, like, missing an eye and kind of grotesque. But the mm-hmm. second ending is uh, the Fatal Attraction ending, where this thing is coming at them with a knife and it's, uh, you know, it's strangled this other... the useless dickhead partner through the door and then the mom comes out with a gun from nowhere i think or maybe it's chris Sarandon, and then shoots it through the heart and then it falls down i mean it's almost exactly fatal attraction <laughs> she yeah uh andy's mom she shoots the doll and like his limbs fly off and of course she's she's missing the heart but she's a pretty good shot nonetheless it's like here goes the arm here goes another arm here goes the leg unless she was trying to aim for the heart every single time and just kept getting <laughs> yeah. i i you're the exact opposite. She's a bad shot. 
Well, I'd like to see you shoot a revolver in the face of a Demberla uh, possessed doll. Well, if I ever have the opportunity, I'll try it. So I'm gonna get. We a text can work on that. I can teach you some things. A Demberla doll's here, man. Uh, <laughs> fucking. So she shoots all the the limbs off. She shoots its back. You think she gets it in the heart? Yay! It's over. Uh, okay, they go in the bedroom and in like. The Chris Saran is like, hey partner, can you go get some evidence or something? Oh. Or, and the partner goes and he like he grabs the head and he starts playing with Chucky's head and he brings it back in the room. He's like, you guys were afraid of this. He sets the head on like the TV and that's when the body bursts through like the vent of the room and starts strangling him from the wall. And Chucky's head reanimates and says, yeah, choke him, <laughs> choke him. It's like rooting <laughs> on his body. And uh, that's when Chris Sarandon finally, finally shoots the doll in the heart, right? He shoots the doll? I think. I, yeah, I think so, because she says, shoot it in the heart, or it's got to be the yeah. heart or something, yeah. And he does it, and the doll finally dies, I think, and that's yeah. it, right? Yeah, that's and that's it. Good. That's where they're kind of just like looking at it like, all right, well, let's go. <laughs> like then they like leave the room and then like that's and it. they turn off the lights in the room and they just close the door like yeah we'll clean this up tomorrow I guess I don't know what the <laughs> thinking is there how could you sleep in the other room knowing you just murdered that doll in that room I don't know I was like hey good night I'm, I'm not sleeping for two weeks after this whole experience <laughs> I'm moving <laughs> so that's like that's it Child's Play wraps up maybe Mrs Barkley's gonna hook up with Chris Sarandon. They're not in the sequel. As a matter of fact, in the sequel, Andy uh, finds himself in a new foster home with a new family who's kind of a bunch of dickheads. And the mom, I believe, is dead. No, the mom is in a mental institution, from what I read. Okay. And it's weird because I I, I only read a quick Wikipedia entry on it. But, like, it it said the mom was in a mental institution because of her role in, like, placating Andy's – story or something like that which i'm just like the fucking cop was right there and saw everything too so there's another witness it's not like it's just the mom there's two other witnesses because both cops were there yeah right for the final confrontation uh, andy's mom's in a better place they call it seventh heaven that's where she's at right now (laughs) so she couldn't be with us yeah but uh, this one is weird because the third one yeah. comes out nine months after Child's Play 2, but takes place like eight years in the future from Child's Play 2. It's wait like a, a second, wait a second. Time. That's So that's not the OG, it's clearly not the OG Andy in the military academy is, is old Andy. That's his mother actor. Yeah, there's a yeah, time. Yeah. the timing would be all fucked. See, why do I think that that was, that somehow Alex Vincent jumped through time and did the <laughs> third one also? No, the third one, it was uh, Justin Whalen. Okay, um, my, yeah, my mistake. And it's military school, and, and, and Chucky is, I just remember being really bored by it. I, I, could, I don't think I made it through There's that movie all the way. In it, and, like, Chucky loads real live rounds in, like, the paintball gun, so they're shooting each other. And it's, yeah, I don't really like three. There's a pretty gnarly trash compactor death where a guy gets squished in a machine. It's You remember that? Like, his arm comes out of the and it gets stuck. It's pretty no. gnarly. No, I, in fact, I, 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 the only thing I remember about Child's Play 3 is a shot of, like, Andy seeing the Chucky doll, like, across the campus yeah. yard or something like that. That is the only thing I remember about that movie, and uh, I don't think I need to go back to it. 
the 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 two taglines for Child's Play Three are fun. They're both on the poster. One is Child's Play Three. Look who's stalking. Yeah. Uh, oh. And then the, the the big kind of lead in for the poster is there comes a time to put away childhood things, but some things won't stay put. Oh. And then that's fun. for the remake. They had that super, like, literally aggressive marketing campaign where they rivaled Toy Story 4. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was pretty I liked awesome. that one. Yeah, all yeah. of them died. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see Rex's corpse. I like that. Yeah, I, I look forward to this new remake, except they what they seem is like they're going for like the app integration into your home, like a Siri type of thing for the good guy. And I don't know if I'm into him controlling their fridge while also like fighting them. You know what I mean? Uh, I think it's yeah. more so it's more so like those toys that when you get two of them, they can interact with each other because of like a Wi-Fi signal between the two of them. I don't know how much. He controls dude. drones in this one, like from a toy store. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, like God. a technologically more advanced uh, good guy doll. But I, we'll yeah, see. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about it. But the thing that prevented me from running out and seeing it is because, yeah, I had heard that angle where it's more of an AI thing and not mm-hmm. anything to do with, like, possession or evil. It's like a rogue program. I, I don't know what you do with that. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. I'll, I'll watch well, it, but it just doesn't. It's I, like I, that whole thing now in horror where you have to explain everything. There has to be a rational explanation. It can't just be, you know, something supernatural. I think yeah. the issue with it is because of the rights. And, like, I haven't followed this that much, but there's a weird rights issue with Child's Play where, like, because, like, they're still – they're going to be making, like, a series, like a TV series or something like that mm-hmm. that's still in this original continuity with Brad Dorf and everything – and like Don Mancini and everything like that. It's like but Evil Dead they, now, yeah. And then, the, but they have like the like the studio or like somebody had the rights to just the first movie, and that's why we got a remake of it. And that's why, like, I don't know if they could even make a sequel to this Child's Play if they wanted to. Huh. Yeah, I just I get the impression, like I said, like it's it's just Evil Dead now. You got the serious one, that's the remake, and you've got these kind of weird kind of. Hardy Har ones. That yeah. Cash versus Evil Dead. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm all for it. I guess I don't know. Bring it on. I'm not a huge fan of this series. Uh, I thought this was like I thought they were trying, and I feel like this is a pretty structurally tight movie. Uh, very suspenseful. Good actors. Uh, thumbs up for me. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a good low budget. I mean, I don't know what the budget actually was, but it feels like a low-budget movie that they did a lot with their very low budget, and it worked. Like, it was everything was used. It was done uh, in a crafty way that added to the story and added to the suspense of it. But, yeah, then you start I, – I, again, once he comes alive, it's just – it's off the rails for me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I definitely liked it a lot more watching it now, you know, several years later, and it's one of those things I'm going to – with Halloween right around the corner, I'm sure the Blu-ray will be nice and cheap. I'll pick that up and see if there's any cool extras and stuff on it. But as far as getting like the Child's Play toy box with all of them in it, I don't know if I'd go that far. Yeah, I don't need all of them. Yeah, I just bought the Nightmare on Elm Street like collection on Vudu. I don't need to go for the whole Child's Play <laughs> collection. That's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. But that is Child's Play from 1987, not to be confused with Child's Play from 2019, directed by Spider-Man Tom Holland. <laughs> um, Mr. Stark, 
I know Mr. Jeffrey Epstein is alive, Mr. Stark. He's a seagull, Mr. Stark. You Stark, can you please give me a good guy doll, Mr. Stark, and squish him down real flat for me? Um, <laughs> that is it for us uh, this week, and uh, we will uh, continue Halloween month next week with another title. And until then, uh, that, well, that's it. This is Ian. This is your last episode oh, yeah, of this yeah, first yeah, wave yeah. of ninety. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, so, it's, I can't believe it's coming to an end. Uh, I, I refuse to accept that this is the end. There's going to be bigger and better things on the horizon, I'm sure. Well, just but, another wave of 90 episodes. So, you know, I, I don't know how much. Jared, hype it up. Is. Hype it up, man. No, no, that's actually, you know what? Dan and I did uh, briefly text earlier this week about some additional content we may be doing in the next wave of uh, yeah. 90. So we'll see how that. It's uh, on brand. Out. I'll just say that. But it's different. <laughs> it's different, you know? Well, at at least it's on brand. Uh, But yeah, thank you guys. Uh, This has been an awesome project that you (laughs) that you launched, uh, and and congratulations on seeing through the first wave. This is great. Thank you very much, and thank you for being a part of it. And we will, of course, have you back in the next wave because uh, we look forward to these types of uh, deep conversations on uh, somewhat stupid movies sometimes. (laughs) Um, But until next week, I am Jeremy Eden. I'm Dan Eden. I'm Ian Simmons. That is a wrap. Mm